Good morning. It's been a long time since I've talked to you guys. Well, at least three weeks anyway. I can't remember if I posted my last uh, recording. But uh, anyway, yeah, it's uh, July, middle of July. I think it's July 18th today. It's a Wednesday. I'm on my way to work as usual. Uh, it is a very hot and sunny, uh, somewhat humid day here in uh, good old Japan. And I've just returned from two weeks stateside, um, where me and my family visited, uh, family and friends, uh, in the place where I grew up, where I was born, which is St. Louis, Missouri. And then we, uh, took a couple, three days off to, uh, take the family to uh, New York City. Um, it was my, my girl's first time there. They both graduated recently from their respective schools. One high school, one junior high, so we thought it was a good time to, to take them uh, on a uh, tour of the, the Big Apple. So we did about three days, um, well, two and a half days in Manhattan. Uh, which was very busy and very frantic, but, but really nice at the same time. It was very hot. Um, we had one day that was, I think the middle day, uh, was, was coolish. Um, maybe high of 85, something like that. Low humidity. Um, but the other days were pretty scorching. Uh, but, uh, it was a good, it was a good time. I, that was my third time to the city. It's one of my favorite cities for many reasons, but mostly because of the, uh, the arts and the culture scene there. Um, we got to see a musical, Book of Mormon, uh, Don't Judge Me, <laughs> it was, uh, I don't know, that may be a, a podcast in and of itself, um, but my time in St. Louis was really great. We, we did do a lot. We went to a lot of sites and things in the St. Louis area, went, went up the arch, uh, saw a Cardinals game. Uh, what else do we do? Went to the museum, of course, in the bottom of the arch, which is newly renovated. New interactive kind of format. Um, we went horseback riding. We went to the gun range and shot guns like uh, proper Americans, I guess. And uh, um, yeah. All in all, it was a great trip. But the best part of it was that I got to spend a lot of time with my mom and dad. And my parents are divorced. They've been divorced for more than, I guess, about 25 years. Um, they got divorced after they were married for 30. And I guess by now they would be having something like their 55th uh, wedding anniversary maybe this year. But my mom is... Uh, She's living with my sisters, and they both live fairly close to each other in the St. Louis area. My dad lives in southwest uh, Missouri now. Uh, but he came up for the week, and so, oddly enough, they were both in my sister's house the whole week together. My sister has quite a large house. She has a large family, and so, or had a large family that mostly moved out and on. Uh, but. Uh, they were in the same house all all week, and it was just like a little taste of heaven for me having them in the uh, in the same house. I got to talk to them and spend time with both of them without having to, you know, travel back and forth, back and forth, and and uh, 
it was good to see that my mom is doing a lot better. She's had surgeries of, of late. She had a knee replacement. Uh, she's had uh, back surgery, but she's getting around a little better, able to go up and down stairs. And, and it was great to see her. Um, and then for uh, for my dad, he's he's in a lot better shape. He's had some heart uh, some heart problems. Uh, he has a pacemaker now, but the pacemaker has greatly improved his quality of life and his energy level, and and he was able to do a lot with us this week with the kids uh, from horseback riding and all and pretty much everything we did. He was there with us, and he and I had many uh, theological discussions over the week. He, uh, he he's a deeply spiritual person, always has been for as long as I've known him. Uh, he's somewhat more conservative than I am, which is par for the course, I'd say. But uh, we had some really nice discussions, and it was just—it was just a great time. And, and then other people would join. My sister is also a very spiritual person, and, and so the three of us would talk about stuff. And then uh, at the same time, I was able to talk to my little brother, who is currently serving time in a Oklahoma uh, corrections facility. Uh, but he was able to call every single night, so we were able to have long conversations with him. I, you know, the the calls only last 15 minutes at a time, but I'm pretty sure we talked. Oh, I don't know, three three hours maybe at least. And he's also a deeply spiritual person now. He is he has grown in Christ while while behind bars. Um, he's doing well. We're praying for his release. Uh, he's doing prison ministry and baptizing people there in prison and preaching. And he's he's written a book, which I have to commit to finishing. Um, uh, a, uh, he's written a book on um, Christianity, um, a theological work or whatever. So I'm really needing to give that some time. Uh, and then my other sister, who lives just across the river in Illinois, it was great to see her and her family, and then all their kids and and their grandkids, and and my oldest daughter, who was here just like three weeks ago in Japan, also flew there because my sister graciously uh, um, volunteered to pay part of her ticket, so we brought her there for about three or four days as well. So we were we were all there as a big family, except for those who. Past, uh, and it was it was a really good time. It was a really great time. My sister's a great hostesses, uh, and their husbands as well. And we just we we really destroyed St. Louis as far as doing everything we could possibly do in the amount of time we had. And, you know, went to we were there for the Fourth of July, so we went to barbecues and parades and fireworks, uh, extravaganzas, and you know, restaurants and some breweries and some roasters, some coffee roasters, and just, we just had a great time. Um, and it's been a long time coming. We haven't taken the little, the, the, my two youngest girls haven't been back to the States in probably, uh, I think we figured 13 years, which is ridiculous. Um, we kind of had to stop going back when two girls started going to private school, or I'm sorry, when we've only had one girl at a time go to private school, but um, each in turn went to private school, and so we kind of had to had to stop going back because the you know, plane 
tickets have gone up in price, up in price, and then we've had our girls in in uh, in private private high school in Tokyo, which is quite expensive, and so we just um, have not had the money to do that, uh, unfortunately. But we just decided it was just too long, and with graduation, so we kind of you know just decided to do it no matter what during this timing, and so we went ahead and bit the bullet and uh, took the girls back, and like I say, it was a great time. Sorry, it's really hot here. I'm going to be taking a drink here of some uh, Wilkinson. Yeah, so uh, just got back from that. Um, but during, during a conversation with my dad, and I can't remember what the conversation was about, Exactly. I kind of had a little epiphany in it. I know it's not an original idea, but it was the first time that it hit me uh, to the level that I felt like I I could understand it. I'm sure I've heard it before. Um, but if you've listened to any of my podcasts, you know that I believe that the four Gospels are probably the most reliable sources in the Bible, bar none. They, they, they are uh, very reliable in what they uh, report about the life of Jesus. Uh, and <clears throat> because I believe those four sources to be the more, most voracious part of the Bible, and because I believe Jesus uh, to be the Word of God uh, and the, the final revelation of who God in, is, as portrayed in those Gospels, I I believe that the Gospels are the key to understanding the rest of the Bible. I use it as my, as my decoder to decode truth in the rest of the Bible. That's the Old Testament as well as the other parts of the New Testament. Uh, and so that, that's how I tend to look, or, or that's my philosophy or theory on how the Bible can be best understood. Uh, but I had an epiphany while I was in the States. Uh, well, several epiphanies. Uh, number one, uh, Americans don't drink good coffee. <laughs> I, I mean, most Americans who are not cafe goers, uh, <laughs> they don't drink good coffee. Uh, but that one's not so important. Number two, uh, is, is that, all right, here, here's, here's my hypothesis. This is a hypothesis, mind you. I haven't, I haven't studied it yet. I haven't uh, um, researched this yet. This is in the baby stages. This is my hypothesis. In the same way that Jesus, as portrayed in the Gospels, unlocks truth in the ancient Jewish texts, so does he unlock truth in other ancient religious texts around the world, such as, but not limited to, the Quran, the Buddhist holy writings, the Hindu holy writings, um, and other religions. That's the hypothesis. Is 
possible? Okay, is it possible that Jesus, uh, when layered over other religious texts, also reveals them to have the imprint of God in them as well? That 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 goodness, or purity, or love, or whatever you want to call the attributes of the divine are also buried in those texts and that if we if we know Jesus if we if we use him to decode other texts we can also find the evidence of God in other cultures that he has been working in other cultures as well not just through the Jews now Jesus did say in the gospels that truth comes Truth comes through the Jews, right? The truth comes through the Jews. I think that's how he said it. Comes through. But the one that came through is Jesus. And Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He's the truth. Jesus is the truth. Yes, the Jews may have brought about Jesus himself, right? God incarnate. The physical Jesus. Oh, come on, Colp truck. It's ridiculous. 30 and a 50. Yeah, we got a, another dum-dum blocking traffic here. Um, and, and if that's true, what does that mean? Because... You know, the way I look at the the Old Testament now, I, I don't any longer just take everything at face value. But if such and such, if, if the Bible says this and this happened, and God killed this and this many people, and God commanded the murder of this and this many people, I now have a way to read that in a way that Jesus is still Jesus. Um... And we're back. Oh, and as usual, I'm going to forget where.
where I was. <laughs> we got gas in the tank, that's what's important. So, so can we, can we layer Jesus over other ancient texts and find evidence that not only is, <laughs> not only is, uh, not only are, get the right form of be here, not only are the Jewish holy texts inspired by God, as Paul tells t uh, Timothy, but all scripture is inspired by God, is what Timothy actually says, all scripture. It's kind of an interesting, you know, thing to think about that, that Timothy says all scripture is inspired by God. So if we were to to look at all think about oh, think about the implications think about it all right all right so let's say God did make the world and that God did start with one man and one woman okay let's say that happened if that happened that from that one man and that one woman came all mankind right right and that one man and that one woman walked with God they knew God intimately. Before the fall, there was at least a time where they knew perfectly, in a sense, or at least intimately, they knew God. Okay? If that is the case, then really all thoughts of, of God's and divinity and superhuman uh, beings comes from that one man and that woman having intimate relationship with the one and only true God. And if that's the case, all religions and all religious texts and all desire uh, to know the divine or uh, to fear the divine, uh, all, all fear and love and knowledge of the divine come from a once true relationship that two human beings had with the one and only God. And what if it's not two? Maybe he made 22. You know, maybe he made 12 couples. I don't know exactly how he created mankind in the beginning. But if that is the case, then every religion that acknowledges divinity stems from that true religion. And I can see how how knowledge of the divine went awry in the Jewish texts, but I think I can also find evidence of that in other religious texts. But therefore, you know, it is it possible that just as you have to use Jesus to uncover truth in the Old Testament, that you can also use Jesus to uncover truth, and not just truth, but the evidence of divine inspiration in other religious texts. Take the Quran, for example. Can I, using Jesus, discover evidence of divine inspiration in the Quran? Can I use Jesus to find evidence of divine um, inspiration in 
the ancient Buddhist or Hindu uh, or Sikh or even Egyptian religion, uh, Mesopotamian, Mesopotamian religions, can we use Jesus to find evidence of divine inspiration in other religious texts? I would have to put on there <laughs> the Book of Mormon, <laughs> which is the musical I just went and saw. Uh, can we use Jesus to find divine inspiration even in those texts? Even if, even if on the face of things, all of these texts are, are rife with errors. Because Paul says, Timothy, all scripture is inspired by God and is useful. this hypothesis and hopefully do some research, which is not my strong point. Inspiration. I mean, it's, it's so exciting, it, it's hard to keep, uh, hard for me to not get all giddy about the, the possibility.
Israel exceptionalism, right? This this idea that Israel is 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 the chosen nation. Um, it takes away the idea of Israel exceptionalism, but I would say no, it doesn't, because Israel exception exceptionalism uh, remains in the fact that Jesus, God incarnate, came through Israel. God incarnate came through Israel, and so it it really maintains uh, Israel exceptionalism or Hebrew exceptionalism or Jewish exceptionalism, whatever you want to call it. In that sense, and that's the most important sense. That Israel's main contribution to the world was not bringing forth religious texts, but being the incubator which brought forth the Christ, the Messiah, the, the Chosen One, uh, which uh, I think I would take him over ink, paper, and glue any time. So, yeah, uh, again, it just depends on how open you're willing to be uh, but, you know, I gotta tell you, <clears throat> if, if this turns out to be true, in, in some ways, I guess you could say it's obviously true, right? This is, uh, it's so obviously true that it doesn't, uh, it doesn't even warrant looking into. But I think most of the people that would say that would say, but the Jewish Old Testament, the, the Hebrew texts are more accurate than the others. It has to have a, it has to have a higher place. It has to be put up on a pedestal in comparison with the Quran, for example. Um, but I, I I think we have to allow the Old Testament get there on its own after ample scrutiny it has to it has to get there on its own we have to if, if that is the case then we can't just assume that it's the case because you know whatever it needs to get there on its own and, and if, if you believe that it is truly exceptional uh, that it is a holier text text than the other texts in the world then it should have no problem achieving that on its own. But can we find, for example, uh, well, one of the things that we would say that, that might make the Hebrew texts more exceptional is the fact uh, that, that they contain various, numerous prophecies of the Messiah. Uh, so I suppose we would need to find prophecies of the Messiah in other texts, which would be interesting. Um, and perhaps if we could find that, it might change things. You know, can we find prophecies uh, of Jesus in other texts? Wow, that'd be amazing. That would be amazing. Yeah, I think that's one criteria we'd have to look at. 
you have to decide, do you believe there are prophecies of Jesus in the Old Testament, which I do believe that. And if that's the case, can I find prophecies of Jesus in other texts? Prophecies of Jesus, mind you. Not, not commentaries on Jesus, not you know, these texts that were written after Jesus. Uh, they would still have to have prophecies of the second coming of Jesus. Uh, or texts that existed before Jesus, which there aren't many, there are some. Then uh, if they had prophecies of the second coming of Christ, for example, um, as, as we believe the New Testament contains, uh, then, then that would that would be something, right? But especially ancient texts that existed before um, before Jesus, I, I would think they would need to contain some prophecies of Jesus. Uh, and that would take some time to uncover, uh, given translations and the fact that many of those languages are not necessarily spoken anymore, and they're at least very least not spoken in the same way anymore. Then you take into consideration uh, contextual idioms and uh, you know, contemporary uh, turns of phrase and things like this that we may no longer understand. Um, but the thing is we have those same problems understanding the Old Testament and even the New Testament. So I don't think that necessarily precludes uh, the possibility. So anyway, that's the hypothesis that came about um, during my trip in the States, and uh, it'll be interesting to see how that turns out, and I, have, I really have no idea how it will turn out. But it's exciting, and I'm interested, and so we'll just have to see. Uh, and I'm coming up on my kindergarten now quite a bit early today because I stopped to get gas as much time as I took. So I keep talking for a few minutes anyway. Uh, but yeah, so I'm going to be looking into that possibility uh, because that, you know, if, if what would it do, especially, you know, take me, I'm in Japan. Japan is 90 whatever percent Buddhist and Shinto. Less than one percent, or depending on who you ask, less than one percent or six percent Christian. What would it do if I could come up to a Buddhist and say, "Hey, you know, I I believe that that uh, your text is inspired by God, just as I believe the Old Testament is, no more, no less." Uh, and it's Jesus who uh, was the inspiration in both, and I can show it to you. And then, you know, how, how would that help us broaden our ideas and, and expand our idea of who God is and what he's been doing in the world and just how diligent he's been in everything? I think it would, it would blow our minds, and I don't think it, it diminishes God, uh, but instead exalts him even further that, that he has been working on multiple fronts that we never had any idea that he And, and I, 
know, if this is not the case at this point, I think I'd be surprised because it, it just, it ties up so many loose ends. You know, why were the Jews chosen? Why are they still exceptional today? Are their scriptures inerrant and perfect and holy? Uh, and, uh, or has God loved all mankind from the beginning and has been working, uh, like I said, on multiple fronts uh, to bring about the truth and the salvation and, and the healing and the restoration of all mankind back to himself. Uh, and that's, um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. But uh, yeah, that's the hypothesis. And uh, I'd love to hear what you think about it. Thanks. Bye.